0: There are only a couple of days left to get your tickets. And I just got some of the numbers in. Thousands and thousands of tickets have been sold. This thing is almost completely sold out for America Fest. It's going to be in Phoenix, December 18th to the 21st. What better Christmas gift, by the way, for the conservative, the conservatives in your life. So go to tposa.com, use promo code POSO, all caps, P-O-S-O, for 25% off. Do you want to go to a party with me? With Tucker, with Kaylee, with Candace, with Charlie, Alex Clark, everyone who's going to be there. Devin Nunez, Ted Cruz, et cetera, et cetera. The list is complete. Oh, and by the way, James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe, my good friend, will be there as well. So tposa.com backslash AmFest. Use promo code POSO. We will see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Our top stories today. Breaking news from the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. The FBI recovered multiple hard drives from a safe in Jeffrey Epstein's house. Next, CNN's Don Lemon, we just found out, intervened in the Jussie Smollett case. Third, Jen Saki is mocking the idea of personal rapid at-home tests for COVID. And then fourth, a Sony official for PlayStation was fired after being caught in a pedophilia sting by YouTubers. All these stories and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Well, I've not seen this anywhere else, a complete buried lead that has been dropped by everyone in the Ghislaine Maxwell case, and of course the prosecutors are not going to be searching this one. They're not gonna be pulling that thread because we know who the lead prosecutor is in the Ghislaine Maxwell case. It's James Comey's daughter, Maureen Comey. An FBI agent testified at the end of the day yesterday. It was very brief, it was so brief you almost missed it that agents used a saw to open a safe in Jeffrey Epstein's Manhattan mansion that held diamonds and hard drives. Why is this significant? According to Business Insider, an FBI agent testified at Ghislaine Maxwell's trial about a 2019 search of Epstein's Manhattan home. They saw this open. They found diamonds, jewelry, CDs, and hard drives. Epstein kept CDs filled with photos in other places in the house as well, the agent said. Why is this significant? It's very clear what's going on here. And I think it's very clear what was going on. Jeffrey Epstein was involved in a high-level blackmail operation. This is why the Epstein network is key. And I've said this again and again. The Ghislaine Maxwell trial is not an investigation. It is a cover-up. They do not want to talk about the Epstein network. But what's very significant is that in Epstein's earlier arrest, there was talk of missing hard drives. This was at the Palm Beach house. They couldn't find them. They weren't sure where it was. They didn't know what was going on, all right? Now, in 2019, the FBI goes to his Manhattan home. What do they find there? Hard drives. Very interesting. Are we going to know who's on these hard drives? Are we going to get a list of the people that are involved in these horrific crimes? Let's listen to the tape because the accuser who's come forward, the victim of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell in this network, has talked very specifically about what types of people might be on these hard drives. Take a listen.
1: She is a monster. She's worse than Epstein. She, She did things even worse than Epstein did. She was vicious, she was evil, and she was a woman. Her lawyers have said Glenn Maxwell is not a Jeffrey Epstein, uh, that she has been a victim of media spin. They're doing their job, but um, I know that woman. I've, I've known her really well. Put it this way. Epstein was Pinocchio, and she was just bedo. She was the guy controlling Jeffrey. the strings? Jeffrey. Yep, she was pulling the strings. She had his money. He had her contacts. But Ghislaine was much more conniving and smart than Epstein ever was. Virginia Roberts-Dufresne says she first met Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell when she was just 16 and alleges that she was forced to have sex with Britain's Prince Andrew on three separate occasions. She was 17 at the time. He has denied that and says it's possible this picture with his arm around her waist was doctored. Is there any
0: way you could have had sex with that young woman or any young woman trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein in any of his residences? No.
1: Prince Andrew should be panicking. He knows he's guilty. He needs to be held accountable. We need to show the world that the rich and the mighty can fall, too. Do you think that Ghislaine's life is in danger? Absolutely. If she squeals on some of the people that she has videos on, they won't be happy with her talking about that. And when you say that she has videos or she has knowledge of videos that exist about people, people like who? People well-known names? Very well-known names, um, you know, the government officials, the the politicians, the royalty like, you know, they were taping everybody every moment.
0: So I might be surprised if I didn't already present my analysis of the case here. My theory of the case is that we are dealing with regime politics. We are living through an era of regime politics, and we are dealing with a regime. That regime, for reasons that I think have become clear at this point, does not want that information coming out about who was involved in the Epstein network. Ghislaine Maxwell's on trial, and that's the only person they want you focused on. That's the only person they want you to care about. But now we know the FBI recovered and has had in their possession for two years at this point, six hard drives, that were directly connected to Jeffrey Epstein, to Ghislaine Maxwell, CDs full of pictures. Are we ever going to get those? Folks, are you paying attention yet? Christmas is vast approaching. Go to MyPillow.com right now. Use promo code POSO, get your orders in now. You gotta get your order in now so that it arrives by Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. See, we don't do presents Christmas Eve. I never growing up was a Christmas Eve, you know, open one present. I heard some families do that. I don't know if that's like an Italian thing. We don't do that. In the Polish POSO household, it's Christmas Day means Christmas presents. That's the point, 100%. Not even just after midnight mass, No, still doesn't count. Christmas morning is Christmas morning. So if you go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSO. If you're wrapping those presents, look, I'll put it this way. In my household, we're gonna open those on Christmas day. If your family has a different tradition, that is up to you. I wanna get into this next story. Jussie Smollett reveals on the stand in his own trial that CNN host Don Lemon warned him via text that cops weren't believing his account of the case. So go back almost three years ago now, when the Jesse Smollett case was breaking when it was going everywhere. There was a headline that came out that a lot of people looked over, and they said, but I didn't forget that. Human Events Daily didn't forget this. Don Lemon said that he was texting Jesse Smollett every single day after his horrific attack. Well, Jesse Smollett is up on the stand now, and he's telling us, that these weren't just text messages of support, this wasn't just, hey man, how you doing? Hope everything's okay, what can I do for you? No. Don Lemon was using his position at CNN, his platform at CNN, to get information from the police in Chicago, we know that Don Lemon interviewed the superintendent of Chicago police at one point, and then providing that information about the investigation to Jussie Smollett, What did this do? This made Jussie Smollett refuse to cooperate, refuse to give his phone over to TV, uh, to the, excuse me, to the police, refuse to give over any of this information. He committed obstruction of justice. Don Lemon intervened in this case and he also committed obstruction of justice. Isn't this the exact same thing that we just saw Chris Cuomo CNN's top star and his bro, Don Lemon's bro over there, get fired over for CNN, because he was using his position to aid personal favors for people who were the target of an investigation. Now, in that case, it was his brother. In this case, it's Don Lemon's buddy. What is going on at CNN? And it's very clear. They are not a news organization. They are involved in law. They are getting involved in justice. They are getting involved in crimes. They are having their hosts completely abuse their position and completely abuse this to aid people to get out of crime. Don Jesse got caught, of course. Andrew Cuomo got caught. But Don Lemon is still there. Will he see the same kind of accountability is there a standard at Chris Cuomo, or CNN for Chris Cuomo, or is there a separate standard for Don Lemon? Listen to Don Lemon talking about Jussie Smollett a couple of years ago. You
2: can, a, a good lawyer can get you out just about anything, right? Or reduce whatever it is that you're going to suffer. In the court of public opinion, Jussie has lost. He's right. lost the fight in the court of yeah. public opinion. Yeah. And that's where his battle is, whether legally, If he has to go, whatever he has to serve, if it's jail time, if he has to do probation, if he has to pay, whatever. But in the court of public opinion, it it matters. It it matters. And he lost that because of how, and, and not his fault, maybe people were... I don't know what they were saying to him. How uh, maybe because of his representatives? I, who, uh, who knows? I don't know. But if it was it's handled poorly. Fault. I don't know if it's not his fault, Don. The you fact think is, it's his fault? Do you think fact fact is, he was doing what he wanted? Well, he went out and he gave the interview. So understand this. From a, it, now, let's talk from a defense perspective. There's two things to think about. Number one is yeah. the law and whether it makes sense legally to be out there speaking and everything else. From that perspective, it's damning. All those things yeah. you heard him say on TV are going to be played in a courtroom That's in right. the event this goes to. Tr- it's going to crush him. Now, yeah. from a public relations imperative, you people say, oh, get in front of the cameras, express what happened, show some, you know, show some real anger and show some this, that, the other. The fact is that it's works from a public polished. relations perspective, yeah, exactly. but it doesn't work in this perspective. It doesn't work. And listen, again, I want you to say, I have nothing but the utmost respect for my friends at ABC and other things. Right. They And Robin did a terrific job on that interview. I'm just talking about how you respond to this sort of crisis.
0: Zucker, you got a big problem on your hands. Jeff Zucker, the head of CNN, you've got to fire Don Lemon now. Because here's the trick. Chris Cuomo is suing you. So Cuomo is suing you in court for the rest of his contract. What does that mean? $18 million. He had three more years left, and it was $6 a year. Now, if Don Lemon doesn't get fired, Chris Cuomo gets to go into court and say, look, Don Lemon did the exact same thing and you didn't fire him. That means wrongful termination. That means breach of contract. That means 16 million reasons that Jeff Zucker has to fire Don Lemon. So it's pretty simple, Jeff. Which are you going to take? Are you going to stand on principle and actually have a standard and do the thing that you know is right. And also, by the way, if you don't do it, you're going to have to pay $16 to Chris Cuomo. I love it. I love it. It's time to get on the lifeboats. Twitter just changed over their CEO. The new CEO at Twitter is already doing a revamp of the social media platform. He's kicking out anybody that was seen as too close to Jack Dorsey, kicking out anybody who doesn't ascribe to his woke agenda, to his woke prerogatives. You know what's coming. The censorship, the ban hammer. It's already happening. It's swinging down what just last night or two days ago. Uh, tons of conservative Zoomer accounts were banned on Twitter overnight. Complete purge. What do we do? Get on Getter. It's time to get on the lifeboats. It's time to get on Getter. G-E-T-T-R. Make sure you go over there because when the band hammer comes for you, you want to have a lifeboat ready. Jen Saki yesterday at the White House was asked a very simple question. Why is it that it seems like in countries in Europe, They have these at-home rapid tests for COVID-19. They're all over the place, or you can go buy them and they're super cheap. I just spent a couple of days talking on Twitter about this, a few hours this morning even, really just asking people, hey, for people who follow me, you know, what's the situation in your country? If you're out of the country, what's happening? I was told something like $4 in Ireland, in Germany, it's like three, $4 per test. In Sweden, they've got these things. Or if you go to a pharmacy, it's completely free. Why is it, then, that in the United States, these aren't all over the place? Listen to what Jen Zaki said about it.
1: To ensure uh, insurers are—you're able to get your, your tests uh, refunded it means 150 million Americans will be able to get free tests. It's kind of complicated, though. Why not just make them free and give them out to, and have them available everywhere? Right? Should we just send one to every American? Maybe. Then then what, ha- then what happens countries- if you if every American has one test? How much does that cost, and then what happens after that? Now, all I know is that other countries seem to be making them available for, in greater quantities for less money. Well, I think we share with the same objective, which is to make them less expensive and more accessible, right? Uh, every country is going to do that differently. And I was just noting that, again, our tests go through the FDA approval process. That's not the same process that it, — it doesn't work that way in every single country. But what we're working to do here is build on what we've done to date and continue to build out our testing capacity because
0: so of course jen Saki, she pulls out her trademark snark her disdain her condescension but actually that's a serious question right because it's a big problem for their narrative of well you have to get vaccinated you have to get vaccinated, you have to do this that's the only way that's the only possible way to stop this thing well if we just had testing everywhere and if you knew oh by the way i tested positive okay you know what i'm going to call out for the day or i'm going to go home from school that's what they do in the UK. Um, from CBS, at-home testing has become as routine in the UK as brushing your teeth and packing your books for school. Uh, people there had no idea things were so different from the Atlantic. They interviewed some, some uh, uh, students over there, they said, I think it's really weird. I guess like I wouldn't feel safe without go- with going to school, I'd feel more worried, you wouldn't know anybody that had it. And they're talking about this asymptomatic spread, which is an entirely separate situation. Getting the test kits couldn't be easier. They're readily available at pretty much every pharmacy in the country. Anyone can just walk in and ask for them. And they're completely free, usually distributed in boxes of five or seven. You can go back and get as many as you need. I have an interesting story about this because we took Jack Jr. to our local library here in the DC area last week. They gave him a box. And they said, hey, this is free rapid test. You go, you take these. Um, When you come back, just, you know, show us one of them before you come in. You're good to go. I was like, oh, that's great. That's very convenient. Thank you. I appreciate that. But one thing we noticed was that on the box, there was an instruction manual inside. None of it was in English. And they said, oh, by the way, here's a separate form that we made for English. I said, okay. But, you know, of course, me, I'm thinking, like, why isn't this something that's, you know, in English to begin with? We get a message from the library just last night they said, hey, you know those tests we gave you? Oh, um, we actually need you to bring back any unused tests they had. Apparently there was a mistake and we've got a message from the FDA and they're saying that that wasn't supposed to be distributed in the United States. That was meant for overseas and it's not approved. And we're like, but wait a minute, these tests work fine, it's perfectly free, why can't we use them? Because look, I know when my kids aren't sick, But of course, it's just something that's nice to be able to hand them and say, look, see, good to go, right? What is going on here? Why isn't, I've been looking into this some more, the FDA apparently is holding up all of these things. Well, the rest of the world is using them. The rest of the world is making them available all over the place. In the U.S., if you can go and get one, if you can find it, $12 for a single test. What's going on, FDA? Well, this next story is kind of incredible. It's kind of horrific. But unfortunately, it's one of those things that, unfortunately, is coming out again and again more and more in this country. A Sony has fired a PlayStation executive allegedly caught in a pedophilia sting. This from the New York Post. A top Sony executive has been fired after he was allegedly caught in an amateur pedophilia sting operation posted on YouTube. George Kachopio, uh, the senior vice president from the team behind PlayStation, allegedly tried to arrange a meeting with a 15-year-old boy, according to a video posted by the YouTube channel called People vs. Preds. Kachopio C- uh, has been at PlayStation for more than eight years, according to his LinkedIn profile, and he's most recently served as the senior vice president of engineering. We're aware of the situation, yada, 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 corporate statement, corporate statement, corporate statement. Adam Sharkey, a spokesman for the San Diego Police Department in San Diego, said there is an active investigation being led by the San Diego Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. But here's where what really caught my attention, even as, you know, a couple of paragraphs down. Amateur YouTube sting operation, what is that? People versus Preds, an amateur sting operation, right, so a grassroots group of people, YouTubers, meant to catch sexual predators who meet victims online, identified him as a 64-year-old who was allegedly trying to arrange a meeting with a 15-year-old boy at 4.30 a.m. Go and watch the video, because they actually posted this on their own YouTube page. Who you got here to meet tonight, Jeff? Why? Jeff, we can have a conversation, or I can call the cops, Jeff. What? Jeff, I can, I can call the cops, or we can have a conversation. No. You want it? Jeff. You want to have a conversation? Jeff. Yeah. I got your face on video, you f**king You want me to call the cops? Alright, I'm calling the cops! You invited over a 15 year old kid tonight to have sex! Excuse me, everybody! This guy invited over a 15 year old boy to have sex with him tonight! You want me to get louder or you want to have a conversation? May I know the purpose of your visit? Hey, you want, to get, you want me to get louder or you want to have a conversation? All right, you want me to get loud? Excuse me, everybody. So, what is People versus Preds? How are they doing this? How did they identify them? Because me, I'm I, you know, have to look at this and say, well, from an investigatory standpoint, where did you get this information? What People vs. Preds has been doing is that they created a decoy minor uh, profile on Grindr, a dating app that's meant for gay, bi, trans, and queer people. And two the two exchange photos and Katiopio told the decoy that his name was Jeff. He then allegedly gave his address in order to have sex with the purported 15-year-old boy, according to a review of the chat logs. So you see what's going on here. These YouTubers are using Grindr, creating fake profiles, and then using them to catch uh, people that have arranged for these meetings. Why isn't the FBI doing this? Why isn't the San Diego Police Department, why isn't every police department doing this? Why does it take a couple of YouTubers to think of something incredibly obvious? They're not even going to some special chat room or something like that. They're using one of the most popular apps that's out there for uh, the LGBT community. It's pretty simple. The FBI doesn't know what they're doing. Well, that's all the time we have here today for Human Events Daily. I want to thank everybody for watching. And thank you as well for leaving us the five-star reviews. They're pouring in, but now more than ever. You've got to be the influence agent. Share this out with your normie friends. Remember, our motto to you, be good, be brief, be gone. We are giving you the stories, the analysis, and the information, the receipts. Remember, Human Events brings the receipts. But for today's moment of history, of course, it's an obvious one. December 7th, 1941, as everyone knows, Pearl Harbor Day. 80 years ago, the anniversary is today. And for myself, as a former US Navy officer, of course this hits home. Because with those sailors, if you've ever been out there to Pearl Harbor, if you've gone and visited, they were lying, sleeping on a Sunday morning. Some of them were getting up for church services. When that attack happened, without warning, when that went down, because people in Washington didn't pay attention to the intel, didn't pay attention to what was going on, and people and sailors, heroes, died as a result. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.